0: Hey, listeners, uh, this is Sir Cheerio. And some of you may remember that uh, a couple of a week ago or two weeks ago, Townsend went up to the Dead Man Gravel Grind, and the winner of that race was actually a legendary mountain biker. Uh, what was his name again, Bodie? Ned Juarez. <laughs> so close. Tinker <laughs> Juarez. Oh, that's right. Uh and or so, twinkled toes, as and Karen, this was, named um, it. I think, the second mountain biker uh, in a, that that you've come across that uh, you've never heard of. Yes, mountain bike Hall of Fame mountain biker that you've never heard of. Correct. So I thought we'd open tonight's podcast with a little quiz for you, and the and I'm going to give you two names, and you have to tell me <laughs> which one is the mountain biker and which one is the racing driver. Okay, all
1: right. Yeah, I got this. All right. no Are you problem.
0: ready? Do I have, wait, is it me, me me against Townsend? No, it's just you. Oh. It's just you. No, I'm keeping score. I am and, okay. and Townsend's keeping score. Okay, <laughs> right. question one. Who is the mountain biker, Josh Bender or John Force? Bodie Bodie. Yes. Force, obviously. You're wrong. John Force is drag racer. <laughs> Josh Bender is a free rider. All right,
1: are, so, wait, are these current or like what's no, the time all from, period? Through
0: time. Okay.
2: Through all, right. all of time. All right, so Bodhi missed question one. Yes. And I'm you sorry. don't have to say your name, Bodhi, because you're the only one
0: playing.
1: <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure.
0: Question two Gunn Rita Dahl Flescher or Mika Hakkinen?
1: Uh, I feel like Mika Hakkinen is definitely a mountain biker.
0: That is wrong. He's, like, <laughs> he's a Finnish Formula One race car driver. Oh! That's right. As they say, if you want to win, get a fin. And uh, Gunrita Dahl, uh, I actually saw her race at Popo Bike in uh, Mexico. Oh, okay. uh, she finished, I think, seventh overall uh, out of the top 10. Julian Absalon was second, who you will probably know that name.
1: I know Absalon. Yeah, he's uh, he's dating um, Polymphoran Pervo, right?
0: That's correct, yeah.
1: All right. All right.
0: That's not one of the questions though. So you don't get any points for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just put a little <laughs> side check here though for that, Bodie. All right. Half a point. All right, all right. So you're 0 for two yep. at the moment. Okay, question. I'm the scorekeeper, Matt. Don't Sorry. don't 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 <laughs> uh, cop my stees here. All right. Uh question You're 0 for two, Bodhi. Question three. Sabine Schmidt or Sabine Spitz? Spitz. That oh, is correct. I, yes. All right. Uh, You're on French the person or Sabine? I think Sabine, German. German. Sabine okay. Both right. German. Uh, Sabine Schmidt, uh, racing driver, known as the Queen of the Ring, the Nürburgring. Uh, famous motor racing circuit.
1: Uh, no, famous hot dog uh, that we got in Bywater. Boom. All right. Next
0: question. Jackie X or Julie Furtado? Uh, Julie Furtado. Uh... I'm like a bird. Uh, You are actually correct. Julie Furtado, the first women's uh, cross-country mountain bike world champion. Yeah, mother to Nelly Furtado. Uh, Very possibly. (laughs) I'm going to give you (laughs) the correct answer, and I'm giving you a side check.
2: Jackie Ix, another Formula One driver. Am I right, Matt? Uh,
1: That is correct. And also... Could you do some NASCAR names, please? Because then I'll know a little bit better. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, you missed the first American, Drag Racer. So anyway, all right. Next question. Philippe Merhage or Keke Rosberg? Uh, Keke. Nope. Keke Rosberg was a Formula One driver. Philippe Merhage is a cross-country mountain biker who was busted for doping.
1: Have I always just guessed the second person?
0: All right. Next one. Bart Brentians or Nico Rosberg? Bart Bart
2: Brenchens is correct Yes Yes. Nico Rosberg Son of the aforementioned K.K. Rosberg Actually not Uh, Nephew
0: Is he? I I thought he was German But K.K. was uh, Uh, Swedish
1: No, 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 no I
2: think they're related
1: Why do
0: you
2: guys
1: know so much About car
0: racing? (laughs) I think they're father and son Actually Ban all cars All right. well we'll check on that later Uh, Next one Michel Mouton Or Paola Pezzo
1: I'm going to go with the alliteration, Paolo Pezza.
0: Yes, Paolo Pezzo, uh cross-country world champion. Hey, Michelle. how am I doing now? Michel Mouton, great rally driver. Bodhi, you are uh, four out of seven, correct? it's hey, not bad. Trending up. Mm. I'm a good right. guesser. Next one is Cedric Gracia or Sebastian Lube.
1: Literally heard of none of these names. Uh. uh Gracia.
0: Correct. Yes. Sebastian Loeb is a rally car driver. A rally driver, yes. Yeah. Great rally driver. Cedric Gracia, downhiller. Uh okay. S- two more questions to go. Okay, all right. Shirley Muldowney or Sarah Ballantyne?
1: Well. Obviously Muldowney, the downhiller. That's my that's my answer.
0: Okay. And that is incorrect. <laughs> She Shirley. is
1: a, uh,
2: she's a stock, uh, a uh, drag racer. Am I right? Yeah. First female, first famous female drag racer,
0: if I'm not That's mistaken. Right. Top fueler. Did yeah. not I, fucking I realize
1: to... I stepped into the freaking car podcast here. Click and clack over here. All right.
0: Where does Bodhi stand right now? Uh,
2: Bodhi has uh, five correct. Out of nine. Out of nine. Ooh. So Bodhi, if you get this next one, you'll have a winning, you'll have a winning record for this uh, challenge. If you
0: miss it, you'll be breaking even. Don't forget my bonus checks. All right, Bodhi. Last question is Carl Decker or Nico Vuillos?
1: Wait. Carl
0: Decker is the mountain biker, right? Yes. Well, actually, that's incorrect. They're (laughs) both mountain bikers, and they're both rally car drivers. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I guess we can give you... We'll give you a point for that. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good at guessing.
1: <laughs> and I think that that was fun. So thanks for that, Matt. And what do I see now? But I see the checkered flag. This quiz is over. <laughs>
2: So six out of ten, Bodie, not bad. Um, and uh, is it for six that, out of 10? six out of ten. That's good. And uh, for that, Bodie, I'm going to give you the opportunity to welcome everyone to uh, this episode of the Yay, You Ride
1: podcast. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode seventy four of the Yay, You Ride podcast, presented by Race Car Driving. I am the aforementioned Bodie. Bodie, hey there, Bodie. This is the T Bone and Sir Cheerio.
2: Nico Rosberg is indeed the son of K.K. Rosberg. All right. And
0: this is a cheerio, as you mentioned.
1: Well, guys, um, thanks for that. That was fun. Uh, I I appreciate a little bit of roasting. Um, Yes, I don't know much about mountain biking. I was hoping that I hear like a Missy Giovi or like uh, Tomac or some other names that I may have known. But mm. no, you gave me, uh, you, you did not take it easy yeah, on me. Yeah, you
2: threw some deep cuts at you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm curious to see how many of our listeners, as they follow along, will be able to get those uh, those answers correct. Um, yeah, me too. Hey, speaking of getting roasted,
2: Bodie, um, <laughs> you got a little roasted uh, this weekend on our uh, on our Sunday ride. Because uh, you, sir, got yourself a flat.
0: Yeah. Wait, what?
2: <laughs> Bodie? Hey,
0: no, Bodie never gets flats. Flats happen. What? Not to you though. I mean, you you never oh, flat.
1: I mean, have I said have I said that I don't get flats? No, I just take the piss out of you guys and your tubeless fails.
2: Yeah. Mm. Well. Yeah. I mean, you're uh, you've been living that hard tube life for a while now, Bodie, and. Um, you know, it's been it's been treating you well, and I guess your time was up, as is often the case, well, as you say, with flats, and uh, and you, you, you caught yourself one, as they say.
0: Well, I don't think he caught himself one, because when I saw your picture, I noticed <laughs> that that tube that he was putting in there already had a patch on it. At least one. I think maybe there were several.
1: That was a tube that I pulled out, and it had two patches on it. Wow. Uh, my direct words were, I wonder which one of these patches was the culprit. But in fact, it was a new hole. So that tube will now have three patches on it. Mm. Um, and so I, I had been a while since I had a flat. And so here's a here's a question for you guys to debate. I said the last time I thought I had a flat, but then I took it back and said it wasn't a flat. So tell me, is this a flat or not? If you roll your tire, your t- your clincher in a cross race and the tube pops out the side yeah, and you have to run to the pit and deflate the tube to put the tire back on, does that count as a flat?
0: I I would, well,
2: I'm going to defer to you, Townsend, on this one. I'm actually going to defer to our good buddy, Zach Thomas, who <laughs> said to you when you asked him that same question <laughs> if at some point you deflated the tube and the tube had no air in it, then it was a flat by definition. Wait, so your tire you, was flat. So do
1: you get flats if you take your tires off your bike at home when you're cleaning stuff?
2: No, because you're doing that
0: voluntarily. Mm. You, 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 you. I mean, the, well, let's put it this way: By, you went into the pit, but the tube wasn't actually flat when you. No, it was
1: wasn't. I had to deflate the tube so I could get the tire back on. So
0: you didn't have a flat; you had a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> basically, what happened there?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you exposed yourself. <laughs> I did. I mean, yeah,
1: it was pretty amazing that it didn't flat the tube. Um, that circumstance, but yeah, we had a. We had a great ride on Sunday at Townsend, and I just thought it would maybe be just, you know, it, it's nice to go on to break up the monotony of, of Hain Boulevard or uh, oh. the river levee or the lakefront levee or the Giro route. I mean, look, in New Orleans, we don't have a lot of places to ride. Uh, what really makes New Orleans riding fun is the people that you ride with and the various, um, you know, race type rides um, make things interesting. But we uh, got out on a little bit of gravel out in the east, and I don't know, did a little bit of exploring. I don't know, took some good photos, had a good meal afterwards. Like, it just kind of reminded me of a few years ago is when we seemed to do more rides like this, and I don't know, just had a, had a blast. Yeah, for me, it, it, it had everything that that makes you
2: want to get out of bed and go for a bike ride in the morning. Good people, good scenery, cool stuff, uh, great food at the end. I mean, we started with we started with coffee and ended with bratwurst. Yeah. So how can you go wrong? Hot dogs and beer. I mean, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and crushed a little bit of gravel in between uh, on some roads that I had not been on before. So that was uh, that was really fun. And uh, in the middle of it, uh, had six people standing around jeering at you, changing a, <laughs> changing a flat, getting you back for all the hell you've given us for. Occasionally having trouble with uh with a flat tire on a on a tubeless rig. Matt so, was super bummed; he was I, not there. I'm so
0: disappointed. But were but the whole ride looked like it was a lot of fun, and I was I was really bummed that I uh, I missed out on that one. I would have loved to join you guys, but I woke up Sunday morning, and speaking of what you were saying earlier, riding on Hain Hain caused me a lot of pain on Saturday, and <laughs> I I could barely walk on Sunday morning. My hip was in oh, absolute agony. Oh, because your hip, yeah. Yeah, so well, I this was bummed to miss. Yeah, that one. this
2: this ride uh, would not have been a good one for you. I was definitely pretty pretty sore afterwards. I mean, we we uh, we hit a lot of gravel and um, we put in some pretty couple pretty serious efforts. Would you yeah, say, Yeah, I mean, it?
1: honestly, I was I was I was trying to bludgeon you guys as hard as I as much as I could. That was like a soft bludgeon. Um, I was trying to get some training in, and so like bludgeoning with a spatula or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, just or, you know, yeah, or like a. Uh, uh, you know, not so hard pillow. Um, but you know, one of the things—it's funny though about about this ride and 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 the gravel in New Orleans is that all the gravel in New Orleans is is levee adjacent, or it's on top of a levee. So you don't really like. So it's nice and it's fun, but usually you don't have much of a view. It's a straight path um, where you don't have winding roads through through you know pine trees and and, and gorges like they maybe have in Mississippi. Um, what we have in New Orleans is uh is dumps, municipal dumps, mm. and uh, burnt out cars, and levee access roads, and levee access roads. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny that you say that because
2: the Dead Man Gravel Grind. In fact, the reason that I, pretty sure, the reason that I cut my tire in that ride is that a good portion of that um, race, both on a paved road and then on a gravel road, sort of that it goes by. Two sides of a of a giant municipal dump in Ridgeland, Mississippi, and in fact, I think they call this road Dump Truck Road that mm. uh, that we that you go down at one point because of all the dump trucks that go by it headed to the dump, and there's shit all over those roads that falls out of those dump trucks and all sorts of little pieces of metal and various debris and trash, and um, so I think that's what I cut my tire on. Very well, may have been. What happened to you as well? Although you didn't flat on the gravel, you flatted on the road leading to the gravel. On oh yeah, road, I
1: flatted on yeah, 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 some really rough roads.
2: But yeah, you're right. Although I have to say, there were two sections of this gravel on Sunday that were actually quite idyllic. There yeah, was the one it's true. section, uh, and 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 they both what they had in common was that they were not along a levee and they were not leading to or from a landfill or a dump. One and they 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 were both sort of winding through a little bit of forest and uh, thought that was thought that was quite nice.
1: Yeah, it gave us some ideas of maybe some underground gravel racing shenanigans. Um, we'll see. We uh, did approach a structure that once we got uh, close enough, uh, set off uh, probably a motion sensor and then a recorded voice telling mm-hmm. us that the security had been called, um, <laughs> which was pretty funny but Uh-oh. none of us believed that security nope. actually had been called that no because we actually went back to it and no one was there so um but you don't you
2: don't call it an underground race though bodie when it's gravel you know what you call it what do you call you it call it undergrind
0: oh oh okay yeah do
2: some undergrinding <laughs> yeah
0: wow okay. all
1: right new category yeah. racing
0: uh and that's all available on the grinder app yep.
1: right? exactly. yeah exactly absolutely get- <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Nola Rocks. Did, did you say brapsatively? That's pretty good. All right, guys. Well, I wanted to I wanted to get to this first, um, and it's sort of local news, but it's I think it's of interest to some of our uh, listeners who are not from the Lambert region. But today, mm-hmm. um, uh, the USADA released a press release uh, letting us know that a one Jennifer Jones Pate, husband of. David Pate. Wife, I believe. Sorry, wife. She's, yeah. Uh, tested positive at the same race that he did at our Crit and Road Championships last August. So
2: husband and wife team both busted for doping
1: at the same race
2: in Lambra. They're both from Alabama, correct? Both in Birmingham. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, uh, a lot. Of, very interesting. A uh, lot of thoughts on this uh, sent me down a bunch of rabbit holes on the internet, and I really, admittedly, am not that educated on this whole side of cycling and, mm-hmm. and 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 what they tested positive for. So I don't really want to speculate on too much, but I think there is a lot of there's some lessons to be learned. Um, and, and then some takeaways we can gather as racers and, you know, so in the release, it said that uh, Jennifer tested for andronic and androgenic anabolic steroids, which essentially, I guess, is can be testosterone.
0: Or could it also be androgenic? Could it also be estrogen or is that also a possible one? Possibly. Well? Yes. I,
2: um, like I thought some sort of human. Metabolic steroid. metabolic steroid yes. yeah yeah
1: something that something that was that that is not naturally occurring in your own body um and i, I thought that was a, and in in there was a quote in the article um from taggart who is the guy who heads up usada and i thought this was interesting because with when her husband who was a cat five a lot of people said what does it matter he's a cat five mm-hmm. like why are they busting cat fives and we'll kind of get to that later like But I thought this was interesting. It brought up a good point. And the quote is, regardless of the competition level, athletes deserve to be on the starting line knowing that their competitors are free of powerful performance-enhancing substances that can impact the results of races that they have worked hard to prepare for. So my takeaway from that is, yes, I agree with that. That even if you're a Cat 5, and even if you're battling for 10th position out of 15 there is some comfort in knowing that you are on a somewhat you're on a level playing field and that no one is 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 taking advantage of you or or using something that's against the rules to get an advantage over you against the rules is like i really want to highlight that part there are rules to the sport that we compete in and we're all should be aware and if you're not you can educate yourself but every time you sign up for a race, you agree to abide by the rules. All right, and 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 what
2: she said in a comment to our uh, local association Facebook page seemed to suggest that there may have been some other reasons that she was taking this and that cycling isn't such a huge part of her life that, you know, she would consider doing this to get an advantage in cycling, but that maybe she was doing it for other reasons and we all just needed to mm-hmm. sort of defer and, and, that, and that perhaps she uh, didn't realize or isn't so consumed with cycling that she was aware that this thing she was doing for another reason was a banned substance in cycling and so we should all sort of get over it and Bodie you weren't buying that.
1: Well, no, yeah, I'm not. I think that if you are participating in the game that we're all playing, then you get to play by the rules. You're not above the rules. And I find it really hard for someone to feign ignorance of the rules. Like I said, when they're right there in front of you every time you sign up for a race, you type in, I agree. Mm-hmm. And it's literally at, in the middle of the page, says, We are, you know, we go by USADA guidelines. So, like, if you saw that and you had a question, guess what? You need to take some personal responsibility
0: and find out what the answer is. Right. But, but I think there is also the, the I mean, I, I understand the flip side of it. It's like, have you ever read Apple's iTunes terms and conditions?
1: Well, when I sign up to iTunes, I'm not entering in a competition against other people for things like prizes and money. Like I understand your point about the the amount of legalese, but it literally is not that much and it's a lit- like I'm saying go sign up for a race. It's right there in the middle of the page where you can see it. So it's easy to see. Well, right, you're seeing the thing, the disclaimer that says we follow the USADA,
2: you know, drug guidelines, but it doesn't have a bunch of banned substances listed there. You've actually got to go and dig sure. and find that. Right. Point sure. point though that if you are engaged in some sort of Let's assume, for the sake of argument, that these folks were engaged in some sort of um, uh, hormone replacement therapy or some sort of situation like that. You probably ought to realize if you're competing in in sanctioned bicycle racing that has drug testing. Everybody knows about Lance Armstrong. Right. Everybody right. knows about doping in sport. You probably ought to understand. That there may be something that that's um, that's running counter to the rules, and I think your point, Bodhi, is like it's on you to figure that out, and it's on you to play by the rules.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I, I mean, I do, again, I am gonna play the devil's advocate a little bit because I think it's the the clarity for it's not something that it, if it's your career, you're gonna you of of course you're gonna look at that stuff, and we've even seen professional athletes feign ignorance you know, it, feigning ignorance about it if you're a professional is inexcusable. Right, because you've got a team of people that are also there to help you figure that out. Yeah, right? I mean, director sportifs and team doctors and things like yeah, that. Yeah, coaches and everybody should be like, hey, you can't be doing this, you can't be doing that and everything. So I I, I understand at that level, but at, I think of the, like a Cat 5, Cat 4 level or whatever, I think it's very difficult for people to, it's not even on your, it's not even on your, because I know, I have probably fallen foul of the rules personally, and I I'm not foul of the rules right now, but I have probably have been in the past. And if I'd have got, because I've had for my hip, I've had cortisone shots. I've had tramadol. I mean, I think tramadol was okay at the time, but I've, you know, I've had a cortisone shot and I would need a TUE for that.
1: So Matt, if you, if you got popped, would you
0: then say, would you put your hand up and go,
1: I was wrong? Yeah, I failed.
0: Yeah, I would do. I yeah. would say, you know what? I was wrong. Uh, I fucked up. I yeah, I would do that. I would say, look, I fucked up. I didn't really think about it that much at the time because you're dealing with pain. But what I I you have to be proactive, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is like if I'm going to a doctor and but then it's the thing of like okay, I go to a doctor, I get a shot, and then I say, look, my I, I've got to get a letter right from my from my doctor saying why all of this. That's a lot of hassle for a Cat 5 race. I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's right to to bend the rules. I'm just saying that I think it's, uh, oh, and by the way, I didn't have any fabulous results. <laughs> not, due to having a cortisone shot.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing though. Like, and in, 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 so if you want to look at, so her results get voided. Yeah. Uh, and she did pretty well at that race as a Cat Five, right? And as I pointed out to someone else, like as a Cat Five, you can't compete for money or prizes. You're not supposed to compete for anything of value, right? Uh, if you're a Cat Five woman, oftentimes you're in a Cat Four Five race, which means you can compete for prizes because you're racing its fours, or you're in an open field. Yeah. She competed in the women's Cat Four Five in the crit and the women's Open Thirty Five Plus in the crit. Both of those fields had purses. She won money. Um, she right. She technically took money away from people that we know, who you know got fourth instead of third. Right. So so there is a bit of an effect there, and even at that lower level. And what I was saying earlier, yeah, maybe you're racing you know tenth or eleventh in a Cat Five men's race, but that that still means something, right? And like the idea yes. that you get tenth. Like I got really stoked about a race where I got you know fifth out of 8th. And like that's to me is going to be a good result. It's on USAC. It's there. It's something I can point to. Mm. Like I believe. Like I I did that right. Like I believe in it. Like I played fair, and this is how I came. Yeah. And so that's how I kind of like I push back against. Uh, they oh they're only cat fives, and like it's 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 a lot of hassle for a cat five. But I'm I'm like no. Like we all have to abide by these rules. So like right. Please play by the rules. Like, like uh, well, if you want to, if you don't want to play by the rules, that's fine. There are unsanctioned races out there. There are other rides you can do. But like if your medical situation means that you need to take something that is banned by USADA, but you still want to ride your bike. I get that. Yeah. I would hate to not be able to ride my bike, but well, anybody into, can
0: go ride their bike. There's no law against yeah, that. Exactly.
1: Right. Right. It's but, not,
0: but you can't, you can't enter the sanctioned races. Exactly. And that's, and th- yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Okay, uh, my question to you at this point, then, is what length of ban did they both get? So they both got a four-year ban, which I admit seems pretty strong.
2: Especially if we're trying to attract people to the sport of bicycle racing right now. Um, I mean, I guess whatever. We're not trying to attract people that are cheating to bicycle racing. So you have to make a point, but... Boy, I tell you what. I mean, there. You you look at the length of suspensions that that pro athletes in the UCI have gotten for, you know,
0: things worse than that. Let's look it, at current world champion Alejandro Valverde. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, blood bags, blood doping. I mean, what that's are you eighteen months. I, I think it was two years. Two I think years. He got a two year ban. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, it's it's on a whole other level it's professional doping yeah you know
1: i i wonder and this is this this is gonna be pure speculation here is that uh was an was an offer was a reduced sentence offered and then they didn't play with usada so then they gave the full four years because i feel like i've seen i'm like we could probably look it up on usada i should have done before the show but there's Probably like a, a rubric for you know what your ban is for what and I, four years seems like a lot.
0: Like your level of contrition, I, I'm I'm shocked that it's that high. Yeah, I mean I I would think, you know, two years max. I would have I would have thought for for something like this. For I mean, let's face it, middle aged people, people of of our of mine and Townsend's age, you know, there's a very good chance it's accidental. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I'm not. I'm not going to speculate on that, and I'll never know probably. Yeah. But, but it's like it's, you know, you think of the level of racing and what they were doing. Uh, it's not a sophisticated team doping program with you know a sports medicine doctor doing you know right. storing blood for them under their dog's name, you know. So it's. <laughs> It doesn't have that kind of there's no moto man. There's no, you know Jiffy bag. There's no there's no doping on your private plane. There's none of that stuff going on. So I I think it's it just seems excessive to me.
1: I do think that and so and one of them, the one of them, the biggest takeaway for me is that is that there's there's a lot of like unknowns for all of us here. Um and I think that as club members um as teammates as you know like friends like i don't want to see any of my teammates friends get busted in similar fashion or wind up in a in a weird situation where they maybe should have got a TUE and they got they got popped because they went to a national event and they got random tested so like my my thing from there is that i want to i want to read up on on these things i want to be able to provide find the information that riders need to know and, and share it with my fellow cyclists and I, I advise our listeners to like look into this stuff too and like make sure your team your club yeah your peeps like they know what's up they know what is legal what is not and and whether or not if you disagree with it like just these are the rules we're playing by and so like let's stick to them yeah um and you know if you if you know we need to have a larger discussion about um aging athletes and testosterone like that yeah i'm interested in learning more about that and i think that's going to be difficult coming in the future like a, a difficult discussion but for now these are the rules let's let's play fair yeah i think um
2: there are uh, there are some usada publications out there that that sort of try to distill some of this um I was just curious, and so I just Googled "USADA rules for dummies," uh, and I didn't I didn't <laughs> see anything pop up. But but I'm I'm and, and I'm being a bit serious here and and saying that um, perhaps someone ought to consider doing some kind of publication that it, and maybe there is, and I don't know about it. If anybody knows of any of this, please yeah. let us know. Uh, something that basically talks about you know USADA rules. For average athletes, in other yeah. words, this again, this is not the blood bags and the complex mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of systemic doping program that you're talking about, Matt. But for guys like us that maybe get some sort of anti-steroidal or, or steroid, excuse me, steroidal medications yeah. provided for you know some sort of uh, you know uh, and, yeah, and there's condition. a lot
0: of there's a lot of stuff out there that people are getting prescribed by their doctor. And I think the doctors aren't really necessarily aware of like, you know, you could say, oh, yeah, I race, I race, I'm, a, I'm an amateur bike uh, bike racer on the weekends or whatever. I'm a weekend warrior bike racer. Um, they're not going to be like, oh, well, I can't give you this then because you won't get, they're not, be they are not they are not even, it's not yeah. on their radar at all. So it's, it's, it's education, isn't it? That's that you, like you're saying, that's the key.
1: So I do want to point out while we're, we're talking, I just went to, uh, it's in the press release. If you go to global D R-O globaldro.com. Um, that is, you can look up your medication directly and check it against a list. Um, and it will tell you if it's you know banned or not. Um, top five searches, cannabis, mm-hmm. cannabidol, caffeine, phenol, phenolphrine, Sudafed, 12-hour, 20 milligram caplet. So that gives you an idea of the things that people are looking up and, right. and things that, that you know are pretty relevant. So global D as in dog RO. Check it out. All right. I've
0: got the sweetest.
1: Hey Mo. Speaking of um, medicine, you want to look up uh, mm. some some of these athletes uh, in professional cyclocross are having a bit of a world's hangover. And, yeah, and might be looking to see what they can take to uh, cure their pain. I know the Alka Seltzer was one of my favorite ones. Um, but uh, we had two races this weekend.
0: We did. We Dave, had
1: we had the the finale of the Dave
2: Ava series.
0: Yeah, and, and the
1: Super
2: Prestige, the penultimate penultimate Super, Super Prestige. Prestige. Right. Yeah. We still have one more.
1: So we the I mean, Dave was Saturday. Um, my main point was Sana Khan wearing a cap again under her helmet and winning bike races like a boss. That's all I got.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she was. Uh, she's great. She's got that uh, post-worlds. You know, I think the the it's the it's the magic of the rainbow, isn't it? You just feel. I, I mean, I would imagine winning that is a massive. a a massive what we talked about last week that weight off the shoulders like and also the elation i think for her it's like such a tight race from the week before uh any any one of up to possibly 10 people could have won that world's race she won it she retained her title three in a row she's got to feel absolutely invincible right now so and she's been and she showed it this weekend she's just been riding like a champion
1: so do you, do you guys think that that she has, did she time her training to peak for Worlds and we're now seeing we're post-peak and she's riding that form? Or do you think that it, like you're saying, it's more of a mental thing? I think it's more mental. I think she got an extra 10 watts when she
2: put that jersey back on um, after after last weekend's race.
0: I, yeah, I would, t- I would say both. I think it's both. I think it's like... Uh, I think she did peak. I think she timed it. She was obviously getting a little bit better towards the end of the season. She had some she had some wins. Uh she won in the the French race, right? Pontchateau was the that uh, she won and so she'd had a tough season. She was there or thereabouts obviously the whole season. I mean she she had some bad days, but she was pretty damn consistent and that's why she won the De Veve, right? Well, it was also her kind of course, her kind of
2: conditions, you know, it was a little, it was a little sloppy, was kind of, you know,
0: oh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of race on Sunday. Yeah. Saturday was pretty fast. Yeah. It was a fast course. Uh, I, I don't know. I think she's, she's just on form and she's riding so clean. She's just riding, not, not doping wise I'm, I'm talking about, but like just her lines are so good. And she's just, I think she's just riding with confidence She's not making a lot of mistakes, and uh, yeah, she's riding like a champion.
2: Question for you guys that we tried to figure out unsuccessfully last night for the most part, although I feel like I gave a decent answer to this question, but maybe some of our listeners know more about this than we do, and I'd be curious to see who's paying attention, and, and if anybody knows this, uh, Sonicant and Math- Matthew Vanderpool uh, were pictured on the team podium for the Davey series. Uh, it was the Corindon Circus team. Mm. Uh, Sana Kant is not does not wear the Corindon Circus kit. She has a Ico a, Baobank. which is a yeah. uh, which is a Belgian Belgian team. But her her club on the Deveve official entry is listed as the Corindon Circus. I've never thought of she and Vanderpol as being teammates. But the Deveve awards a team prize, which is a combined men's and women's team prize, which takes the highest placed women's result, mm-hmm. and then the next two, and then the two highest placed men's results, right across the, the panoply of races, ah. uh, and awards the team winner for that for that combination of results, and it was. Uh, MVDP Sana Kant and uh, David Vanderpol, ah, who combined yeah. to get that team result for and Circus. It was very confusing. A lot of what I was reading was in Belgian, and I could never figure out how Sana and Matthew Vanderpol are on the same team.
0: Well, that's what if it is related to the club somehow so if they are connected club wise but there are two teams for the same club is that is that how it works it might if be if so ben Tullett is also i think on the same team as Kant. in which case they have three world champions currently in their club well and it and Calen
2: del carmen alvarado is races for and Circus. She is actually one of MVDP's teammates. She is, yes. And is also, of course, the U23 national champion. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yes. But she's, no, she's not. Not, not. not this year. Not
0: she was. was. champ. No, she, she's never been the U23 World Champion. That's right. Sorry, she is the Eurochamp. She right, you're was right. the, definitely the favorite. If she had won, they would have had four World Champions in their club.
2: Okay, anyway, we're getting yeah. t- a little too far down on that, but I thought it was interesting and I don't know the answer. So if anybody does know the answer, how that
1: works, let me know. Bodie, you, you got right. your hand up. Do you know the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say that. So this was the Saturday was the Dave Bay Trophy Series. This is the final race. Yep. Uh, Sonic Kant won that race, she yep. also won. The series overall yeah uh it was a it was a good battle between her and those Sells, uh, yeah. who finished second um i think she was really trying to see if she can maybe squeak out a win so there was eight strong races.
0: strong ride by cells indeed
1: yeah. there was eight races in that series there were seven different winners
0: yeah so in the in the women's field in the women's field yeah. just
1: that's just pretty awesome to see um it's also a time-based series so kind of cool how that plays out um, Catherine Compton, Katie Compton, uh, plays six overall, notable American, but let's, let's briefly go over the men's race, um, and the results. No surprise there. Vanderpool wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything else to say about that race. <laughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> just but it was his
2: 22nd win in a row.
0: No, that was just, it's like his, no, one billionth. it was, okay. So. By that race, it was his... 24th. Third, 23rd twenty third 23rd in a row. Okay. So he
1: won seven out of the eight. Uh, he won the last seven. Uh, two narts won the first one. He won that overall with two narts in second. Um, minute 25 gap. So that series is wrapped up. Um so on Sunday, we had the penultimate, as I said, super prestige race. Um, I watched the women's race. It was a muddy affair. Sonia Kant won again. Like I said, she was wearing a cap. Uh, men's race. You guys got any highlights on that? Men's race was a real, a real mess.
2: Um, very muddy. Uh, Matthew Vanderpoel won it. Hmm. Uh, I would say that kind of the the biggest takeaway from that race was that there were some fairly pretty dangerous course conditions and, and a number of riders um, were just KO'd in that thing uh, coming around some pretty fast slippy corners and running uh, right into some of those big thick, you know, the wooden posts, the the, the big three inch diameter Belgian posts. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and one of them, I don't remember who it was, uh, ended up having to be stretchered off. He was in pretty bad shape. I also thought it was interesting, uh, Jeremy Powers was doing the color commentary for GCN. Mm, which was great. Which was great. Um, he had, uh, you know, from the beginning of that race when everyone was lined up just talking about what was going through people's heads as they sat there in the rain and the cold waiting for the lights to go out and the race to start to talking about different lines that Vanderpol was taking and the risk reward of taking certain lines over others and when to run and when to try to ride and and just it was it was very, very thoughtful uh, coverage. But one of the points he was making it is, you know, he said, Look, in the States we use a lot of these step in stakes and of course the three of us and anybody that's race cross yeah. around here would be familiar with those. And he was saying, you know, when you when you run into those, they snap. Yeah. And you know, you break the stake, and you get right up and keep going. And he said, you know, the the these Belgian posts um, are are nothing like that. That you know, they will break your bike uh, or break your body uh, before they'll break. Anyway, just making that point. It was a it was a fun race to watch. Very technical course. Yeah. Very muddy. Um, and uh, I think the highlight for me of that was uh, was watching. Matthew Vanderpoel, on this one particular corner. Mm-hmm. You could see him sizing up. Uh, he was running it most of the race, but you right. could see that every time he, he would ride a little bit closer to the line that he was thinking about taking. And and at one point, he took it, and that was the decisive, and, and, and made it, and rode it. And Tunertz, who was right on
0: his wheel going into it, uh, had to run it, and that was it. Um, well, he came in full gas on it, like where both of them at some points had been both been dismounting in an the 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 section previously had been dismounting and running the whole thing he rode full gas into it and rode the high line like a berm like the top he took the top of the berm and he got probably a five to six second gap just from that one move and that was it the show was over after that it was just an astonishing uh performance and and Toon tried it a little bit later and like had to bail halfway through, didn't he? And that was when Jeremy
2: Powers was making the risk-reward comment because right. not only did Toon lose time because he wasn't able to ride the good line, he actually lost even more time than yeah. he would have lost had he just elected to run it because he took the, re- took the risk yeah. and didn't get the
0: reward. And I think that's one of the things with Vanderpoel is like there's just that sense of play, right? He's like He's exploring. He's like, okay, I am that good that I can I can actually explore every lap and I can I can I can try something out I can go you know what I've done this I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have a go this lap I'm just gonna have a go and play with it. and then did you see on the
2: last lap Vanderpol took that high line and wrote it again he he had a big gap on tune at that point in time uh, he yeah. did that just for show he wanted to give the crowd you know one last one last look at at uh, how to how to hit that line perfectly
0: yeah um, that's kind of cool but um you know unfortunately we got to see his brother. David Vanderpol taken away on a stretcher. So Oh,
2: was that David Vanderpool that yeah. they
0: got stretchered
2: off? I didn't yeah. realize that. He was wrapped up in like one mm. of those uh, space blankets when yeah. they were taking
0: him off. Yeah, so uh, you know, I I I haven't seen anything since about that. I hope I hope he's okay. Uh that was that and that was that one section several people I think Yanni Vermish went down in that same section. Uh and they actually ended up moving those stakes out. They moved the line further out because a lot of people were going into that post. Uh, Michael Van Turnout had an interesting uh, uh, run in that one section where Vanderpol was doing the was was taking that high line that one time that, that time. Uh, Michael Van Tournout like got stuck into somebody stuck him into the barrier on the left.
1: Oh, I and saw then he's that, getting yeah.
0: untangled. And while he's getting untangled, he gets banged, I think, by Gianni Vermish behind him. And it flips his bike around back into it again. He was just like, oh my God, come on.
1: That was a Trek, uh, that was a talent fair guy. And he he purposely hit his bike out of the way so
0: he could run past him. Mm, maybe it was uh, Herman's or, yeah. uh, or... I think it was Corn van Kessel. Castle, van Kessel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Quentin Herman's podium. Uh, that was a... Uh, Great result for him. And he's leaving the Lions next year. Is he really? Yep. Where's he going? Do we
1: know? I don't know. I think he's starting his own team. I think. I know he's, he's leaving the Lions, um, hmm. but I don't know where he's going. Interesting. Uh, so Vanderpool won that race. He's won seven out of the eight of Superstige. I'm going to say he probably has that wrapped up. I believe he is going for Sven Nye's record of winning all of the Superstige uh, races in a season. So... You're looking at me like you don't believe me. Or... Did he do that?
0: Sven did that. He I won believe all... so. Yes. Every I... every race in one season.
1: Yeah, I think I heard this on the the live stream on Sunday morning before we went for our ride.
0: Well, he he's not going to get it if he because he didn't uh, he didn't get one right. No, he. Oh oh seven okay because there's the final one still to go. Yeah yeah yeah. So he yeah. didn't get one of the Deveve, He did yeah tune one yeah which was the uh, Koppenberg cross the very first one yeah okay all right so. Um,
2: and just to round that out, corner van Kessel rounds out the podium. Great race by Corna van Kessel. He was uh, he he went out hard and um and, and and stuck it and and actually was fairly close to, to two narrats at the end of it. Uh, Ely Isra and uh, Thomas Pitcock were fourth and fifth in that race. And there was a bunch of discussion uh, by Jay Powell again, very astute commentary about when those guys will choose to start racing elites, and what it means when they when they declare.
0: Well, Isabit's going to race elites next year because he has to. Right. Uh but the question is, Pitcock is still only twenty, I yeah. think. So Pitcock still has a couple of years to go. Uh, I I kind of feel like he should stay in U twenty three for another year, but I don't know. He's good enough. He's as good as I mean, he was. He's good enough to be up there. So yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough choice to make.
1: So I just wanted to briefly mention that they have announced the UCI schedule for next year. And once again, we're going to have two World Cups in the States. They've uh, swapped the dates back and forth. So Jingle Cross is going to start first. So that first World Cup will be on the 14th of September. And then the, Trek, uh, the, World, the Waterloo World Cup will be on the 22nd, the next weekend, um, in, in, in uh, Wisconsin. So, also, an interesting thing about the calendar is that this year, cross UCI Cross in the States literally starts in August. Mm. August 31st. Reno? No, uh, in Virginia. Blue okay. Ridge Go, Go Cross. Uh, Reno is now a, I believe it's a Friday night race, if I'm correct.
0: Well, isn't, Interbike is over, right?
1: Interbike is over. Uh, I'm not going to just scroll through Anyway, I believe that the Reno Cross Is scheduled next to the West Sacramento uh, date So you can kind of do both of those
2: oh, So it's later in the year
1: Yeah, yeah gotcha. So that's That makes cool. sense I think there will probably be a few things uh, Pushed around The schedule is usually not exact uh, This early in the season But good to see the dates are on there The calendar is up Two more World Cups next fall I've already started to plan my September um, So, alright well let's let's move on, guys, to mm. pro road action. A lot of stuff it seems like a lot of stuff going on that I'm not quite grasping. There's just a lot of races I'm getting confused. Like it's it's right. It's not the classics. I'm not I can't it's wrap not- my mind around it. Um, so I don't really have any highlights except that I did see the team announce events in Colombia. Mm-hmm. What race is that? it's tour of Colombia?
0: Yeah, and it's like Football, it's like a soccer
1: stadium? Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I saw some some footage that
2: uh, Vauders posted on Instagram about that. It was like really awesome.
1: Well, I mean, i just following along. Rockstar the, stuff. Yeah, that much. But I'm also following along the EF, uh their Instagram feed and their stories. I'm like, yeah. these guys even race bikes. They're like going jet skiing and like chilling. Jumping and, up like, bridges. Yeah, jumping up bridges and like chilling in cafes and like.
0: It's early season. It's still like it's still like training camp slash race, okay. right?
1: Like, like when are we getting to the bike racing? So I don't even know if that race hasn't started yet, right?
0: I think it's I think it might start tomorrow because they had the team announcement today, right or yesterday. Yeah. So it, it it's it's got to be yeah I think it's got to be starting tomorrow. I'm so sure. What what is the VCV race? That is the Vuelta de la Comunidad Valen uh, Valencia. So
1: it's in Spain.
0: Spain, yeah, okay. and that's another early season stage race. Uh, we saw a few people hitting out. Uh, we saw some wins for a few people. Trenton got a win. Uh, uh, GVA got his first win of the season there, out sprinting Trenton on a like a kind of a sticky. Sticky sprint. Is
1: this a stage race? It's a
0: stage race. Yeah, uh, the first stage was a short time trial, not a prologue, but a little bit longer, and uh, with an up, a hard uphill finish. And uh, Edvald Bosenhagen won that. So he was leading the race until second to last day, which was like the queen stage where they had a climb. Adam Yates won the climb. I saw ahead, he won that ahead of Valverde. Valverde yeah, uh, but Ion Izagir took the leader's jersey because he did really well in the first, in the opening time trial, and he managed to hold it to the end, even though, like, I think Valverde was really pushing pushing that at the end. Uh, Dylan Grunewagen, Dylan Gronevegan won the final sprint. So a oh. bunch of people getting their first wins of the year. Uh, Adam Yates seemed pretty stoked. Uh, what's interesting was Tour de France winner Geraint Thomas was there, and he wasn't... He said he's like, he's like, he said he's got a little bit of extra timber right now and he's not really looking to <laughs> win anything. Uh, so he was actually doing a lot of work on the front for the rest of his team. He was just That's great getting, yeah. putting. You the, like
1: to see that in Tour de France champion. Yeah,
0: putting the work in on the front and really drilling it. So obviously he's not quite there yet. He's looking a little bit later in the season to peak, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it's some. Uh, yeah, because he's looking
1: stuff. to go to the Tour de France, is what he said. Even though his teammate was like <laughs> suggested that the Giro, <laughs> the Giro route was so hey, good. Uh, uh, Geron, I think this course is great for you. You yeah. Should, yeah. yeah. I, Chris Froome is, is telling uh, Thomas to to go for the Giro, but uh, Thomas saying no, man. He wants to wants to target uh, Tour de France. I'm like, let's do it, all for it.
0: So Froome is the Eno. To Thomas's uh, Le Monde. Ooh,
1: very interesting. Mm. We may have a slain of the. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Froombot. Froomdog. dog. Froome dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was yeah. trying to think of some sort of like staring at your STEM uh, joke. Um, so I also just wanted to point out I saw that Daryl MP won the South American road race and time trial. Yeah. But I also learned that this is his eighth straight TT win, which. Unfortunately, I didn't get any uh, data for this segment, but I wanted to like what other streaks are out there in terms of nationals. We we know that Kitty Compton has fifteen national champs, Uh You know, Khan has ten. Now I know that MP has eight straight national TT champs. So I don't know. I'm 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 interested in this mm, Do you-
0: streaks. Uh, uh, Nicola Vioos, who we mentioned earlier, mountain downhill mountain biker and rally driver. 10 times downhill world champion. In a row? Ooh, goddamn. Okay.
1: Anyway, so I don't want to. So, if you, listeners, if you have any uh, cool streaks you want to let me know, uh, specific to cycling, uh, you know, national champions, uh, please let me know. I know that I know that we people come to our podcast for, for facts mm. and information yeah. and, and like hot takes and new trends. Uh, we had a friend today who posted his cross bike on Facebook for sale because he wanted to buy a full I think to quote him, full on gravel bike. Mm. And I immediately thought, What the hell is the difference? <laughs> there is no difference. And then I said, wait a second. Maybe there are differences, and I know I'm, I'm not saying I'm breaking new ground with this, uh, but I actually had to go and, and, and look it out, and I just actually there are some differences, and I thought we should just quickly discuss them.
2: We're going to discuss the differences between a cyclocross bike and a gravel bike that you've already led into this segment by saying you had no idea there were any differences. So basically, Matt and I are going to talk about the differences? Well,
1: I did my research. So you learned a few things. I did. So you're going to share your knowledge. Okay. I, I confirmed a few things. Okay. I learned a couple other things. Well, I'll
2: say this. I don't know all the the, the specs and the this or the that about what's different about a gravel and a cyclocross bike, um, but I, I I will have to say that- uh, Wait, I, I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you right there. Yeah. Please describe all the differences- between cross bikes and gravel bikes, in the term of cars, In terms of cars, yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, so uh,
2: um, I can't I can't make the point I was about to make because uh, <laughs> cars don't have uh, cars don't have uh, chain stays. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you the, have a
0: longer wheelbase on a car.
2: Well, it's not a wheelbase question. It, it it truly is. It's a it's a, it's a tire clearance. Mm. So.
1: I okay. guess uh, those are actually three things in my bullet points: yeah, chain stays, yeah. wheelbase, and tire clearance. All different. Yeah. So the, the chain stays oh, lets you off the hook. You don't well, have to use the car metaphor. are also connected,
0: in a way too. So my cross bike, Matt. Which, do you have any car metaphors? I do. Will you explain? I will, do have a car. I have, I don't just have a car metaphor. I have a Subaru metaphor. Okay. A gravel bike to me would be something like the Subaru Baja, right? Okay. You can drive it on the road. You can drive it off road. It's got plenty of storage for all those things that you need. <laughs> that gravel riders apparently need to have because they're on really long rides and they gotta they gotta carry a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. It's not the fastest. It's not like it's not gonna be like the fastest thing out of a corner, right? Okay. It's gonna be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more laid back, right? You're in a Baja, dude. You're just like you're you're chilling and you. Dude, I love Bajas. But, but you gotta but you gotta put in the miles. It's probably got a big tank, right? Holds a lot of fuel. Whereas I would say a cross bike WRX, I'm gonna go beyond that. I'm gonna go more specific. I'm gonna say a cross bike is not just a, a, a WRX. It's the WRX. It's the 22B, the classic two door coupe with the big ass wing on the trunk. That thing. That's that's you know obviously it's blue with purpose gold. built. Yes, Purse- purpose built, and not only that, you have different wheels that you're going to throw on for every different kind of yeah, condition. Sandy, muddy, snow, yeah, everything, gravel, everything. You've got all have you've got every all your bases covered and this thing is specifically and you can throw that thing around a corner like crazy. So it's faster, but it's not for the long haul, right? It's for those boom, it's like The cyclocross point bike point.
2: cyclocross bike does not have room on it for your navigator. Whereas the Subaru WRX purpose-built rally car has room next to you for a guy who's telling you
0: I mean, when your turn is coming up. At some up. point, our <laughs> metaphor breaks down because both of those cars have four-wheel drive. Yeah. And there are only two wheels on a bike, and only one of them is Maybe driven. you could have a tandem
2: cross bike, and in which case, the metaphor could be extended a bit,
1: a bit oh, more. Oh, what? I'm, but I think my point is That's, fairly valid. Matt, I got to say, that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I like it. I like it.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and I will say what I was going to say about my cross bike we were on a gravel ride on the north shore straight gravel ride doing some just rando exploring didn't exactly know what the road conditions the trail conditions were like got caught up in some super super thick peanut butter mud mm. uh, everybody's uh, uh, wheels and, and brakes and um, were just getting jammed up with gunk uh, but mine more than anyone's Because I was on my Kind Human Kudu, which Mm -hmm. is a very, very purpose-built cyclocross bike. Yeah. Uh, It's got room probably, If I could probably fit 38s on there if I really wanted to. Mm -hmm. But it's got beefy chainstays. It does not have a ton of tire clearance back there because it's not meant to have a ton of tire clearance.
0: UCI limit is 33.
2: Uh, And I was just getting it gunked up. In those big fat chainstays with lots of mud, lots of gunk, and so much so that I actually wore the paint off the inside of my chainstays because wow. I was I was just grinding it with mud and sand and, and, grit. and yeah. grit, as my as my tire was running through there. Um, gravel bike has a lot more a lot more relaxed. Yeah chain stays there in the back possibly
0: fit a 42 yeah not
2: not built to be just jamming and 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 hopping over you know bumps and stuff like that it's made to pretty much stay on the ground for the most part
0: right
2: -hmm. it's going to be solid but it's not going to be as stiff and racy and and um, made to take a beating as a as a cross bike
1: yeah i i I think those are i think those are those are what I have on my list. Uh, just, just to sort of like bullet points for our listeners, if you if you if you want to figure out what you need, uh, uh, tire clearance, one, is big. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Matt said UCI uh, limit of 33. So a purpose-built cross bike is going to have not not ton of tire clearance because it doesn't need to have that much tire, tire right. clearance.
0: Yeah. I mean, my my Boone, which is exactly the same bike that the Telenet, t- exactly the same frame set the Telenet Fideo riders have, 38 is going to be a snug fit in that in that bike Uh, but the other thing is uh i think the traditional cross bike is the old the old school and yours is probably slightly old school probably like higher bottom bracket my old blue was definitely a high bottom bracket bike uh for those euro style super slop cross racing conditions well it's uh, also for uh, pedaling clearance in the corners right pedaling clearance in the corners you want to be able to pedal through the corner so yeah
1: so that's bb height is one i have uh gearing is another one uh a gravel ride uh gravel bike you probably have uh, a, a wider range of gearing because you're gonna more more road gearing than, than... Yeah, you you might have some downhills that you can go pretty fast whereas a cross bike mm-hmm. is gonna be more compact gearing your your top speeds are you know Mid 20s, you're really never going that much faster than that. Of course, you
2: can put whatever chain rings you want sure. on your cross bike.
1: Right, sure. spec We used to be spec right. with a different gearing. Um, a, a, a gravel bike is going to have all kinds of mounting brackets and brazons right. and, and, and yeah. drilled holes, right? So you can put your freaking 75 frame bags and you can pull a trailer and you can bring your friends along on the ride. Whereas a cross bike nowadays is built for racing and it's an hour long, you don't need to haul any shit. Um, wheelbase a bit a bit uh, shorter on a cross bike yep bit more nimblier, uh, nimbler 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 yeah
0: nimbly bimbly
1: nimbly bimbly on the cross bike getting uh, get around those tight corners uh gravel bike wider you're going longer you're mm-hmm. steadier um, something I hadn't thought about was quick release so for quick wheel changes versus a gravel bike I don't...
0: you want through axle with both yeah I think that's a, uh, disc wheels, road, gravel, cross. It's all through axles now. Yeah, it's, I mean,
2: having having now ridden my cross bike with through axle, I, I you know, I, it, it, I would not get a bike with anything other than through axle.
0: And if you're racing cross, you don't have wheel changes. You you have bike changes. That's true. And if you're riding gravel, it's everything's more stretched out time wise and whatever. St- uh, the 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 performance advantage of a through axle it just makes total sense. I'll if if we're
2: getting close to the end of this segment and looking to just put a pin in it, I will I will share one final thought, and it's based on a conversation that I had with um, Adam Abramowitz from Kind Human. Kind Human makes an exceptional cyclocross bike, the Kind Human Human Kudu, which is what I race. They also might make an exceptional gravel bike, the Kind Human Kensuke. When I was getting ready to get into my bike, I actually debated back and forth about which I wanted to get because, Mm -hmm. as you know, boating, like this Sunday, I like to do some gravel riding. I've been to do some gravel racing. Um, What it came down to for me and what I would suggest for anyone who's trying to decide between a cyclocross bike and a gravel bike, and I think this is where Rusty came out, our friend who posted his cross bike for sale because he comes out on the other side of this uh, answer, which is if you want to race cyclocross, if you're going to use the bike to race cyclocross, get a cyclocross bike. Yeah. Okay. You can ride a cyclocross bike in any sort of gravel race, any sort of gravel ride. Um, Yes, there are limitations about exactly how gravelicious you can get on it, (laughs) but you can get plenty, plenty of gravel riding in on a dedicated cyclocross bike. If, however, you aren't going to go race cyclocross seven weekends in the fall and that you don't own a skin suit and you're not going to like bring your tent and your family and your bros and your cooler and your se- extra set of wheels and go to a bunch of cyclocross races get a gravel bike because you can do lots of gravel riding with a gravel bike
0: yeah if you want to go bike packing get a gravel bike
2: right but yeah. if you want to go do a cross race on the weekend you can go race your gravel bike yeah. in a cross race. There's nothing to prevent you from doing that. So it really comes down to a, which is your main
0: thing, you know? Really
2: good breakdown. Buy the bike for your main thing and use it for
0: both. Yeah. Well, I would like to um, also add to that that, uh, you know, just to throw just to throw the baby in the bathwater and throw th- something in the mix is that uh, our good friend uh, Jaden Kiefer, Dr. Dr. Kiefer, uh, pointed out that you can do anything on twenty eights.
1: Yeah, you can do anything on twenty eights. The question is, can you do it well? Um, as he flatted in all our gravel races. That was on twenty sixes, uh, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I just I just really want to see a double stack biplane canyon in a cross race.
0: Can someone please make that happen? Sure. It won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, i'm sure somebody can
1: i really do actually want to try those handlebars out mm. um well guys i think think that it's really it for me i don't know any, anything else it's we definitely wanna... it for me i just i just dropped so much knowledge that i don't have any more to drop <laughs> that was a good piece of knowledge thank you townsend for dropping that all right well i think this has been a pretty good episode townsend you want to sign us out here Sure, sure, Bodie. Uh, I'm saying goodnight, everybody. Uh,
2: Rusty, good luck selling your cyclocross bike, but uh, I'm not buying it.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch. Uh, well, this is Sir Cheerio saying that we're just a little more than two weeks away from Omloop Het Noiseblad when road season really starts.
1: Yes. And this is the Bodhi Bodhi saying, once again, you can send any questions, comments, and concerns to yayouride at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes. And I will hopefully be seeing you all... gravel bike is like when a when someone like your age towns and buys a porsche 911